Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I don't really like to rant on this podcast, as that's not really the type of podcast this is. You can find all kinds of podcasts that will basically just give you opinion and not a whole lot of facts or anything. And, you know, I I listen to some of those, and I'm sure you probably do too. But, you know, I can hear somebody's opinion, and it doesn't necessarily make it truth. We're not really an opinion type of podcast. We are more of a hunt for the truth kind of podcast. Uh, Many times I present information for you to consider and let you form your opinion. Uh, Sometimes I'll let you know what I think, uh, you know, what what conclusion I've formed from the the information. But if, if you have a different perspective, I'm all ears as long as the conversation is open and honest and productive. I encourage those that don't agree with me or come to the same conclusions on data and, and information uh, to, to, to correspond with me and let me know. You can do that, of course, on Facebook. You can do that on, on Instagram. Of course, you can always go to our, our website at UncommonSensePodcast.com and, and I, I will uh, you know, answer each email that comes to me personally um, and, and, and do so. So today, I, I'm going to do things just a little bit differently. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rant a little. <laughs> uh, I have something that I really need to get off my chest. And, and hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll challenge you in some way as well. Um, this podcast originates from the state of Washington, and more specifically, Clark County, Washington. Now, we are in the southwest corner of the state, just just over the river uh, from Portland, Oregon. And and I know <laughs> Portland has a has a really bad name, and and justfully so. Um, but yeah, we we live over the big river, and so it does shield us a little bit from some some of the chaos. Um, we we just had a recent election where where I live here, and the August third election was not a general election. So it wasn't a big to do. It, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, something that, that we had just uh, the airways filled with, with commercials for candidates or anything, but it was an election nonetheless. And we did not vote for president of the United States. We did not vote for governor. We, we didn't even vote for any legislators. Depending on what city you live in or, if you even live in a city at all, you were able to to vote for mostly city council and school board members. There's an occasional uh, fire board uh, you know, seat uh, up for grabs and <laughs> things like this. But for the most part, it was city council and school board members. Now, in the, the county where I live, there are 358,000 adults that live here. Now, of those 358,000 eligible adults, only 298,000, so basically 300,000 of those, are registered to vote in an election. That is about 83% of the adults in Clark County 
that are registered to vote. Okay. That means that only 83% of adults here care enough about what happens around them to even have a potential say in registering to vote. But wait, (laughs) that's the good news. Of those, almost 300,000 registered voters, just over 61,000 voted in this election. Did you hear what I said? Of the almost 300,000 registered voters, I'm not talking about people that that could vote. You know, they could be registered, but they're not registered. Of the 300,000 registered voters, just over 61,000 voted in this election. That is a voting percentage of almost exactly 20%. 20% of the registered voters voted in this election. That means of those that are registered to vote, only one in five chose to do so. One in five of the registered voters. So if you look around you and you, let's say you're in the grocery store right now, or you're driving down the road and listening to the podcast. If if you, if you look around and see the people around you, only one in five voted in this election. And that's of registered voters. That's not, that's not, that's not considering the entire adult population. If you extend that out, only 17% of the adult population of this county made decisions for the other 83%. 17% made decisions for the other 83%. So I am hearing a lot of complaining lately. And, and just justfully so. There's There are a lot of things to complain about in politics right now. I hear it from Christians. I hear it from moms and dads. I I hear it from politically active and more and more from politically inactive people. People that, you know, in the past would have just said, I, you know, it doesn't interest me. It's not something that that I, I really know a lot about. I don't really have a whole lot of interest. It's boring. I, I just let it go. I just let it, let it do its thing. Many of those people are starting to wake up and many of those people are starting to complain. Many are seeing things change around them that they just took for granted before and thought, yeah, that'll never change. I I can remember working for the Bob Dole campaign. (laughs) I remember Bob Dole. He ran for president, (laughs) sort of. (laughs) He he was the Republican nominee for for president. And, And his campaign wasn't really going anywhere, but I really felt like I needed to do something. And so I decided to just, uh, you know, volunteer my time uh, with his campaign. And I can remember they put me on a phone bank and we would get calls from different people and we would call up different people and uh, we would try to get them to turn out the vote. So basically, hey, you you know, go vote, go vote. And we would call up other Republican um, Republicans that were registered Republicans and we would say, hey, you need to go vote. I remember calling up this one guy and he was an older gentleman, you could tell. And, and I remember calling, calling him up and he, and he said, you know, he goes, it's not going to make a difference there. there it's not going to make a difference what I vote. I can cast my one vote and it's not going to make a hill of beans when it comes to the election results. And I can remember thinking to myself and, and actually, because I was thinking of this, I, it, you know, oftentimes things come right out my, my, my mouth. <laughs> so uh, what I told him was, I said, you know, I said, 
I, I feel the same way, but I feel that if I haven't voted, then I've given up my right to complain. And he kind of got silent for a moment and he came back and said, you know, you're really good. <laughs> he said, he said, you've really made me think about that. And you know what? You're right. And, and it's true. If, if we're going to complain about things, then we probably better at least give the minimal effort toward making a change. Now in this country, we have 46% or not country in this County that, I, that, that, that I live in. And, and you may say, you know what, you know, I don't live in that County and, and all that. I, I get that, you know, this podcast is heard all over the world. Okay. But the, in what is happening here is just a microcosm of where, uh, of, of things that are happening everywhere. And I'm sure the numbers may be slightly different and things like this, but I'm sure if you were to look into your numbers where you live, they're going to be somewhat similar. Okay. Now in this County, we have 46% of the registered voters are registered Republican, 51% are Democrat and 3% independent. So it's, it's, it's kind of a swing County. It's kind of one of those. It kind of goes both ways. Um, so of the 298,000 registered voters here, 137,000 are Republican. Okay. If you take, if you take this, you know, what's 46% of, of 298,000, it, it comes up to 137,000. Now I understand that not every Republican is conservative, but what the numbers show is that if every Republican voted in this last election, that it would have increased the turnout by two times as many. So, so what I'm saying is that there are 137,000 registered Republican voters and only 61,000 total votes in the last election. I'm not talking about Republicans. I'm talking about the fact that there's 137,000 registered Republicans and there was only 61,000 total votes in the last election. If just a fraction of the Republicans had voted, the results would have been completely different. Remember, the state of Oregon and Washington here in the Pacific Northwest vote by mail only. They're vote by mail only states. We don't go to the polls. We get it in the mail. We had almost two weeks to vote and, and either drop it back in, into the mailbox or we have ballot boxes that we can, we can drop them by. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, I don't know any of these candidates. How, how can I vote for them if I don't know them? I mean, I've, I've said that very thing as far as, you know, it's, it's better to not vote than to vote ignorantly. But there is such a thing as a voter's pamphlet. <laughs> it is accessible online if you lose the one that's sent to you in the mail. You can, you can almost always tell what the politics of a candidate are from what they say about themselves in that pamphlet. And if you can't, then you can look at who supports them. And that is almost always a dead giveaway. L let me give you an example. This is a candidate that ran for a school position in this last election. Can you tell me what he stands for from what he submitted on, on the, the voters pamphlet. He said this, hello, my name is Mike Appel. I am candidate. I'm a candidate for Evergreen school district director, district one. 
I've lived in this school district since 1996, where my children attended K-12. My grandchildren currently attend school in Evergreen. The current curriculum in our schools is lacking. Essentially, regarding the teaching of civics, the Constitution of the and U.S. history, as well as general world history. The basics must be taught rather than the many alternative teachings that are currently being pushed by some. Children need to be taught how to think rather than what to think. Indoctrination is rampant and too little substantive learning is taking place. Without a well-rounded education, including knowledge of how our republic works, our... Um, our protections under the Constitution and how we are all linked together uh, through true history. Our children enter the world as empty vessels that anyone can mold for good or bad. If you are satisfied with the current learning trends, then vote for the status quo. However, if you want someone who is not afraid of shaking up the status quo and pushing for superior education for the next for our next generations, please consider voting for me. Thank you for your time. Now, (laughs) if you read this in the voter's pamphlet, would you know if he was conservative or liberal? Would you be the kind of, you know, would would he be the kind of school board member that is concerned about education or indoctrination? Well, guess what? He got 35% of the vote and lost to a liberal who received 58% of the vote. 6%, get this, 6%, (laughs) or really just over a thousand votes. This just is mind blowing. Just over a thousand votes or 6% of, of the votes voted for someone who didn't even submit anything on the voters pamphlet. And they were like a ghost candidate. You couldn't find anything about them. This leads me to what I want to challenge you with today, and it comes in two parts. Number one, vote. (laughs) Vote. Number one, you need to vote. I know it can be discouraging. We see terrible things happen around us all the time. So many times, the candidate that we vote for doesn't even win. If, if they do, they you know, end up winning. They, they oftentimes don't do what they say they will do. And if they do stand up for what they say they believe in, they're outvoted on a liberal school board. But throwing our hands in the air and doing nothing is not an option, especially for the Bible-believing Christian. We are called to the responsibility of making things as good as possible until the Lord comes. If we're just leaving these children out to dry and without a proper education, that has an effect. And we have a responsibility to do what we can to help in that way. Number two, run for school board. (laughs) It's it's not that hard. You don't need an educational degree or, you know, you don't need to quit your job to do it. It will make a huge difference in the lives of so many children in your community. And that, that leaves, leads me to an opinion piece I saw in the Epoch Times by Roger Simmon. 
or Simon. <laughs> I think it's Simon Simon. August 4th is when this came out. And he said this. He said, forget Congress, the Senate, or whatever glamorous position you ever fantasized about or not, <laughs> even President of the United States, if you want to have a serious impact from your work. If, as they say, you want to make a difference to change this country for the good in the short and long term, run for your local school board. You would be saving America from turning into the bleakest socialist communist state imaginable because that is what our current K-12 educational system is designed to do and sadly has been successful in doing literally for decades and it's only getting worse. You would in, pro in the process also be a true revolutionary in the tradition of the founders of our country in bringing back truth, justice, and the American way to our children and our children's children. Someone's got to do it. The hour is late, but you can save us, especially if we band together and there are plenty of us to do it. Please consider running for the school board to radically change a highly corrupt and evil left-wing educational system, which has crossed the border into child abuse. The failure of this current system rests on two mutually reinforcing planes. One, indoctrination. Rather than actual education, has become the overwhelming goal of our system from preschool to kindergarten onward. This is not new. Critical race theory, the, the current and most egregious example of that justifiably enraged so, so many parents, is not here by accident and did not spring full grown from the head of Ibram X. Kendi at the Black Lives Matter demonstration. <laughs> it's the natural outgrowth of a progressive education system devised in part by John Dewey back in the 1900s which over decades has turned our public and most private schools into institutes of Marxist or near Marxist social engineering. Now, sadly, the right has been mostly asleep as this happened, allowing the left to take over the vast percentage of our, our, our system. In other words, this is partly our fault. Not enough of us we're paying attention. And, and I'll, I'll stop him here just for a sec and say <clears throat> that, that a lot of this even falls on the church. We decided as a church that we were not going to really participate much in public education, that it was too corrupt, that, you know, we, we, we want our kids to go to, you know, private schools and we wanted, we wanted to take our leadership and take our children and we, we're going to go home and we're going to play uh, school by ourselves. Now, that left a void for everyone else, and I think we're paying the price for it now. And he continues and he says, it all led inevitably to the result number two, our schools have failed drastically on the purely educational level. Although the United States spends the most or close to the most of all countries per capita on public education, the results range from mediocre at best to horrendous in the basic areas of reading, writing, science, and math. 
This has been especially true for minorities from whom the left pretends to be their saviors. As wokeness increases, so does brain rot. In in terms of education, we are now living in a world where some so-called educators run around claiming that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is racist. How much that must gladden the heart of Chinese leader Jing Xiaoping, or how do you say, bring it on in Mandarin? <laughs> I can say this is an opinion piece, right? <laughs> uh, Abraham Lincoln received a better education in his one-room schoolhouse than almost every one of our kids in whatever overblown institution they are attending. I could easily go on, but if you don't already know most of this, you're probably not the right person for the school board job. So back to running, which I hope you'll consider. You don't have to have an educational degree or have taken any education courses. In fact, it's better you haven't. You just have to be an intelligent person who cares enough and is brave enough to tell the truth and most of all, fight for it. The job, however, is not especially time-consuming. Most school boards meet only once or twice a month. You do have to be willing to do a certain amount of homework about textbooks and curricula and so forth. You will have plenty of opportunity to do that um, and and do what you normally do uh, in in your uh, average life. But if you do decide to do this, Allow me to make a couple suggestions, he says. One, don't try to do this alone. Get three or four trusted friends and run together. The enemy is is vicious and, and will use any means to smear you uh, outrageously, often at the last minute, allowing no time to reply. Running as a group makes this far less effective. Also, you will have more power on the board working together. Now I'm going to stop him here and I'm going to say, you know, this is not a bad idea. In fact, what can be done is that you can set up a contract. So you can say, okay, these candidates, I am a candidate and these other candidates, we are all running for the school board and we are signing this contract saying that this is what we'll do when we get there. Elect us and this is what we commit to doing during our term on the board. And when you do that, of course, these are the things you, you, you have a contract saying, hey, you know, we're, we're going to uh, do things that obviously are in the best interest of children. And so <clears throat> by doing that, people will, will have a choice and say, hey, I agree with that. I agree, I agree with this. I agree with that. We, you know, we shouldn't be teaching sex ed to, to kindergartners or whatever. You know, whatever whatever's on this contract, you, you have a, a list of things, and these are all things that are common sense. And these are all things that are good for kids. And parents are going to go, yeah, 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 I agree with that. I'm going to vote for this group of people who signed this. Now, he says, two, uh, though it's it's important to highlight the indoctrination uh, in your campaign, even more crucial is to have a curriculum of your own to offer. Um, accentuate the positive and you will attract more supporters, including financial backers. This curriculum need not be lengthy, but it should be specific. A good place to look for help 
putting this together is Hillsdale College K-12 American Classic Education. If you do this, we can only say something many of us have said before. Thank you for your service. Now, I will say that he's, he's exactly right in that we can't just go out and just simply blast the system and think we're going to get elected. That, that is not uh, a winning strategy when it comes to uh, a political campaign. Um, I think Ronald Reagan was the one that used to say that, you know, we, when, when you get people enthusiastic about things, they will, they're more likely to vote for you than you're uh, creating some sort of fear or anger about something. And, and it's true when, when you can run a campaign that basically says, you know, Hey, elect me and things are going to get better. I mean, you know, the Donald Trump, you know, make America great again, uh, type of thing was definitely right along those lines. Instead of looking back and saying, oh man, I, I, you know, vote for me. And I, and I, I promise to get rid of this and do that. And do that you know, and, and no, what you need to do is you need to have a more positive type of thing and, and say, Hey, you know, um, it, 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 it's not all about the bad. It, it's about the fact that we can be better. And so, uh, I, I, I would agree with him on that, but, but let, let me, let me conclude with this. I was on a school board and when I was, um, the first time I, I was on the school board, I actually wasn't even elected. I was appointed because somebody had left. They had moved out of the area that <clears throat> could no longer be on the, on the school board. And so the, the rest of the school board, uh, said, Hey, we would, we are accepting resumes and we're going to choose from, uh, this, this group, uh, who will fill this seat until the next election. And so I saw that and I, you know, I wasn't really thinking about anything along those lines, but a couple different people brought something to me and said, and brought the, you know, and the article that was in the paper to me and said, uh, Hey, you know, I, I think you would be really good here. It made me think, and I finally just, and I prayed about it and felt like I really needed to do it. And the Lord was directing me in that way. And so I did, I put, I submitted my resume and I went in for the interview and it went really well and I, and they did select me. And so I was, I was just a dad. I wasn't anybody, uh, it wasn't some big politician with some big name. I I didn't really have much of a name in the community even, but they selected me based off of the resume and based off of uh, the interview that they did. And I was grateful for that. And, 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 and later on I did run again and I, uh, several times and I, I did win those elections and I, and I, I was eventually, uh, you know, president of the school board and, and chair, chairman, as they called it there. Um, you know, it, it, it was, uh, a, a time, uh, that was, uh, really formative because I was able to see a little more than I would have just not knowing much about the school system. And I had kids in the school system. I was able to, to, um, to, to affect, uh, how my kids were taught and how other kids were taught. Um, we made it one of the best in the state. We were literally number two in administrative costs. We, we were, we were very, very good on all of the state testing. Um, and, and, and other school districts looked to us and to, to see how they could do better. Um, we, we recruited other school board members. We, so when I got on, you know, it was kind of a 50, 50 kind of thing when it comes to kind of liberal minded people and conservative minded people. And uh, we were able to then talk with others and say, hey, you know what? You'd be great on the school board. You know, we, we would identify others, oftentimes just dads. And we would identify them and say, 
hey, you would be awesome on the school board. What, would you ever think about running? And we would help them. Um, and so we were able to, to form a board um, and, and hire staff and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and we, and we weren't these wonderful, great educators that, you know, uh, were, were professors at some college or whatever. We, 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 we weren't any of that. We were just dads. And yet we were able to make a huge difference in that school board and in that school district and among those, those children within it. Now it's, it's not that hard. It really isn't that hard. First of all, you just simply need to know who your representative is. So I would do a search and just look up who is the representative in your area. And, and many school boards, they go by zones. So wherever you live, you have one that represents you. Uh, others um, are, are just with the, when the seat's up, the seat's up. And as long as you're within the district, uh, then you, you just need to, you need to just look that up. It's really easy to Google and you can do that. Uh, usually, a lot of times these positions are, are four-year terms. So you're making a four-year commitment. And if you can't make that four-year commitment, then find somebody who can, because this is super important. You will make a difference in the lives of children in your community if with just minimal effort. Now, you may agree, you may disagree. I would definitely love to hear from you. UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications. 